Welcome to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing of the United States Air Force. I'm Chaplain Jim Bridgem. And I'm Dr. Jerry Walker. On each episode of The Pillars, we find a brief resilience topic so you can practically fix any potential roadblocks you encounter and finish a better wingman, airman, and leader. So let's dive in. So today we're talking about goal setting. And uh, if you listen to the previous podcast, you'll know this is sort of a continuation of what we were talking about last time. So uh, Chaplin and I were thinking of how do we become our best self? How do we become a better person, uh, a better father or mother, a better uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, a better parent, a better airman? And uh, depending on what your particular goals are, there's a lot of different commonalities in how you plan to achieve those goals. So uh, it just made sense that we spent today talking about how to set uh, realistic and attainable goals that uh, can fit into this framework of bettering yourself. I agree. And it's especially important to me for a few reasons. One, I've admitted them a geek, and it would be <laughs> remiss of me not to say, may the fourth be with you, which hopefully this podcast will be live by that Star Wars day. But my first book that I purchased with my own money was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens when I was 12. Oh, wow. And it's a great goals workshop. It's a great goals book. And of course, based on Covey's work, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Sure. And so I've really been a goals-oriented people, a person for most of my life. Mm-hmm. And so what we'd like to do is deliver just a few specifics and some suggestions on how to make your goals. So and before we jump in, I just want to you know clarify that when we say goals, I mean these these don't have to be uh, things that that you're trying to you know check a box or to have on a, an EPR OPR statement. These are things that you want to accomplish for yourself, and, and that's not necessarily because you want to achieve something. It's uh, it, it can be just because you're not where you are right now. Um, at that point where you are your ideal self. So this image you have of, of who you want to be for the future, whatever that may be, um, it, it can help to set goals to help you, uh, you know, mark progress and to work towards that person and that ideal image. And so, uh, you know, when we say goals, I think people automatically think concretely about, uh, you know, checking the boxes or achieving something specific. And we're going to dive into that. But, um, you know, when we use that terminology, think also about uh, how is this getting me to where I want to be? And what, can, what, what kind of things can I be working on um, that will help me become uh, or really achieve my potential? And one of the first steps we talked about was the idea of clarifying the goal around mm-hmm. your vision. So get really clear about what your goal is. And I'd suggest that your first goal should be something personal, something fun. And whatever it is, just get really clear. And then the second step, which sounds basic, it's write it down and write it down (laughs) with clarity. Less than 3% of Americans, according to Success Magazine, have a written goal. So if you want to put yourself in the top 3% of America, write the goal down and write there, top 3%. And what this does is it makes the, the goal real, and in, in some ways it actually commits you to doing it. See, uh, we have this mechanism in our brains that likes consistency, and when we do something uh, or, or we act in a way that is inconsistent with our past behavior, with our beliefs, it creates something called dissonance. And by writing down a goal that you have, you're saying to yourself, this is something that's important to me. It's something that I want to achieve. So when you don't act in accordance with that goal, you're creating cognitive dissonance, which is really uncomfortable. And it actually can help motivate you and and propel you forward to uh, engage in things that are going to help you achieve that goal. And it's that pain pleasure almost. It's you don't want to. It causes pain to be in the current situation, right? Right. And moves to pleasure of being better. And uh, one of the things that 
we have to do with those goals after we commit to them. So you've got them written, clar clarified, you've got them written down, you've, you've committed to them, is sometimes they can be discouraging. And I'll, I'll share a story in a little bit about weight loss that I went through, but you have to look at lead and lag measures. So what's the difference? Well, a lead measure in the case of weight loss would be I'm using a app to enter my food, I'm writing down my food, I'm attending meetings that help me lose weight or whatnot, depending on the modality you're using for weight loss, but you write them down. That's a lead measure because ultimately you can just tell what's coming into your system. The lag measure in the case of weight loss would be weighing in, what you're seeing on the scale. So the lag measure is what you want to achieve, but you can't measure that. Like if I went through every day and said, oh man, I'm, I'm measuring how well I'm eating by my weight, that doesn't make any sense at all. What I can do is say my goal is to lose weight so I can measure what I'm eating. I can look at the macros or just the calories or whatever it may be and say that that's what I'm measuring, those lead versus lag measures. So for your goal, whatever it is, you say, okay, well, what are the measures of me achieving a degree? Well, the measures are, um, in, if you're enrolled in a class, uh, getting papers done, reading books. Those are lead measures. Your lag measure would be a grade. So what are the lead measures for your goal? Absolutely. And it can help to break those down even further into to more uh, manageable steps one by one. So if you have one of those big goals that's um, to, to get a degree or a certification in a certain area, um, that can be overwhelming because you look at everything it takes to uh, achieve that goal and you're, we're looking you know, potentially many years down the road. And so you know, if you had that whole stack um, of papers in front of you and you're like, I have to get through this in order to get yeah. the degree, not only can it be overwhelming, but it's going to uh, lend itself very well, unfortunately, to procrastination. What we can do instead is to break it down into to smaller, manageable chunks. So uh, last week or last time we talked about um, the idea of what have you done today to help work towards your goal. And it may be as simple as uh, reading a chapter in a textbook. Uh, but if we break things down into their sub-components, uh, it, it helps not only organize it, but give us a, a more structured way forward. So if you are, for example, going after a degree, you start with your degree plan. You look at the courses you need to take, and you can start to map out when you're going to need to take them and in what order. And then let's say you're taking one or two uh, courses a semester, because you know for you that's manageable. Now, even on a weekly basis, you can map out, all right, I'm going to you know, read these chapters or these articles this week. I'm going to do these homework or project assignments. And so now you're starting to actually uh, reduce that huge stack of papers in front of you into a smaller piece-by-piece -piece workload that has the ability to, over time, propel you a lot further along than if you uh, just viewed it as tackling it all at once. And sometimes it's ba so basic. So I've had friends who've written long papers, dissertations, and whatnot. And they'll say, well, I'm just going to write one line today, one sentence, before I go to bed. And so, for instance, we, we were brought a, a bunch of first sergeants on a retreat yesterday. On the way up, I said, I'm working on improving my counseling skills. That's something I want to do. So I have a counseling book that I'm going through. And sometimes it can be tedious. Sometimes I just don't have time. But what I said is I can get through one page per day. And one page per day is pretty reasonable. It's mm -hmm. a very low goal but I can achieve it. And the piece that goes to this is accountability. Why would I tell Dr. Walker and say, hey, uh, this is what I'm working on? Well, it's accountability. He's likely going to ask me, how's it going with your goal? Are you achieving it? Or are you growing? And accountability is a big thing to achieving your goals, but they also challenge you. So a piece of this in research is uh, Jim Collins, who is an author. He wrote a book called Good to Great and Built to Last. 
said that we need to look for the big, hairy, audacious goal, or B-H-A-G, or B-H-A-G, the big, hairy, audacious goal. So I challenge you, once you get your goals developed and you flush them out, say, what's bigger? What's the what's my big, big, big goal this year? Could it be improving your family life? Could it be improving work life, uh, academics, fitness, whatever it is? Find a goal that's just like, oh my goodness, this is huge and everything fills this. Yeah, and that'll tell you um, more about what's important to you. And this is really important when it comes to selection of your goals. I mean, sometimes we've talked about this before. Other people will set up goals for you. They say, oh, well, you really need to do this. Or, you know, what's important is X, Y, and Z. And that may be important for that person or the organization they represent, Air Force. But you need to find something that also resonates with you because if uh, you don't have that internal motivation, uh, it's really easy to get stagnant on the goal or to to start off with a whole uh, big head of steam and then find that fizzle out really fast. And one thing is we have to be careful that our goals don't negatively affect other areas mm-hmm. of our life. So I'm going to share my story now. I went to seminary. I started in my main career field in Intel, and I go to seminary, want to be a chaplain. So I show up, and I'm studying Greek and Hebrew, and I'm not good with languages. So I would use Mountain Dew to help me get through the day. So <laughs> by Mountain Dew, I'm talking egregious amounts of Mountain Dew, like to the point of maybe 18 cans a day or so. Now, those of you who can do math, and I believe it was about 170 calories, don't quote me on this, for each can. So doing math, that's not good. So <laughs> I go for my annual PT test, and I go down. I'm a reservist at that point, and I fail. And I don't just fail. I fail epically. And I, I come back and say, oh, my goodness, and I'm, I'm pretty depressed. Well, then I opened my mail, and I had just applied for life insurance and realized that my blood pressure was so high that I was denied. Like, oh, my goodness. So I watched The Simpsons, a show designed to make me feel better, and I weighed more than Homer Simpson after a semester in seminar. No and I said, I need to change my life. I've got to take care of it. Yeah. So I started running, and I started monitoring my calories. I dropped 90 pounds. Now I'm at 70 pounds uh, down from my high, and this is over, about, I guess, over 10 years ago that this mm. happened. But I had to make a choice. So how did I do it? Well, my big, hairy, audacious goal was lose weight. Initially, it was do well in seminary, but I was I was compensating and making my health suffer because mm. I was putting so many hours into studying. So I had to reduce that a little, put a little fitness in, and really just track my calories just using an app, just entering things in. And just being a little bit careful and unfortunately getting rid of the green delicious soda <laughs> from my life. But ultimately, what's the result? Well, then now I'm, I'm averaging very high 90s uh, fitness tests and I'm able to continually function in the Air Force. And honestly, I'm healthier and stronger because of it. But I needed to create that goal. I need to write it down. I had to commit to it. I looked at those lead measures. Remember, those are the calories coming in the, and my fitness activity lag measures where my weighing in every week. Um, I had action steps, right, specific points as we went. And then accountability. I had my wife and friends at work and, uh, and there in the Air Force who were very accountable for me for doing that. And it showed that, look, my life needs to be more holistic. All my goals need to be addressed. That's awesome. And, uh, I mean, going through all those steps, you hit your goal, your big hairy goal in like a week, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that was the thing. And Oh, and that's the piece of goals. Anytime you're on a goal, you're going to hit plateaus. I remember the day where I hit, uh, was down to 180 pounds. And I was down, I was way over 200s. For those Simpsons fans, you can go find the weight <laughs> that I was at. But the bottom line is at 180, I'm plateaued. And I finally broke it. And I called my mom, who ironically works in a weight loss area. She does a, um, for a weight loss company. And I called her, like, Mom, I broke 180. And I'm like, like 
bawling on the phone and because it had been such a big deal but that plateau occurred sometimes your goals you'll make a lot of progress and I did it first mm -hmm. and then it plateaus and then you make more progress so that's the thing of keeping yourself encouraged in the midst of whatever goal yeah. you're doing so so how did you maintain motivation when you hit that plateau you're still putting forth a lot of this effort but it doesn't seem to be getting you the results that you wanted well for me my big goal was being an Air Force chaplain so I knew okay. to be an Air Force chaplain I needed to do certain things so I kept that goal I also did stuff uh, that practically were practical. I took a cover of a magazine, Men's Health, cut a picture of a person. I'm like, I want to look like this. And I kept that there. And anytime I'd go to the default, let me just get a Mountain Dew, let me eat this entire bag of tortilla chips, I would say, look, I'm, is this going to help me look like individual X? Well, it wasn't. So that helped me to stay on track. And also, again, that accountability mm -hmm. with my wife kind of giving that look, saying, mm, you going to eat that? You know, <laughs> do you really need a Mountain Dew? And she was encouraging and helpful, but it was that accountability part that helped. And, and those things have helped you to sustain yeah, absolutely. Uh, the weight loss. So it's not just you got to that point, you achieved the goal, and then you rewarded yourself by completely re regressing and all that behavior that had you there in the first place. Yep. For those in our Tools of Titans resilience group, they'll know that I still have a picture that I cut out every year that is on No Kidding on my wall of what I want to look like from a you know, specific magazine. Say, I want to look like this. I want to be as fit as this person. And it's a specific goal. Mm -hmm. And it helps me to stay motivated throughout uh, the time. And then also I'd like to keep a high fitness test just because <laughs> we all need ridiculous sure. goals. And, and that, you know, that, that goal was something that you kept in mind. You kept reminding yourself of it. Mm -hmm. So week in and week out, while you're on this weight loss journey, that took a, a year um, it was. It was just under a year. Yeah, okay. To get to the goal. That, that took a you know a considerable amount of time. It, it was able. You're able to motivate yourself yeah. and to continue to propel yourself forward. Um, and, and the things that you touched on uh, for those of you who are following our conversation and thinking, oh, that sounds familiar. We've actually touched on a number of what are called SMART goals. So that's one of those fancy Air Force acronyms you probably heard. Um, and the reason we didn't met it out until now is because we'd probably lose a number of you if we started off right with the SMART <laughs> goal setting. Um, but what you've heard from us uh, today is how to make your goals specific. Um, define them concretely. Uh, actualize them. Make sure it's something that um, is not so general that you completely lose sight of it. Because otherwise, how are you going to know when you've reached that goal? You want to make it measurable. So transform it, what we call opera operationalize this, into something that can be measured. So that way there's no doubt as to whether or not there's been change. Weight loss is an easy one because you know the scale is right in front of you. You can actually see the, the difference in the numbers, whether you're going up or down. Um, and on that same note, uh, think about what does success look like. So how will I know when I've actually uh, achieved that goal or when I'm making uh, progress for that matter? And uh, I think a big caveat that a lot of us fall into, especially in this day, day and age of uh, instant gratification, is we want results and we want them now. Um, we have microwavable food. We can get information at the click of a button. And it takes little to no time at all. But for things that require sustained effort, it's really easy to lose that drive and to lose that motivation. So um, look at the timeline. You know, think about realistically how much time do I need um, you know, to get towards this goal? You know, is it a pound a week? Is that realistic? Is that manageable? Um, and then on that same line of thinking, what are the constraints? You know, so what are the things that are going to get in the way uh, of me atta attaining this goal? 
you know, do I have leave or TDYs planned? Or is there a big holiday coming up where, uh, you know, we, we have a whole bunch of food, unhealthy food that could get in the way of me achieving my goal? And then how am I going to track this? So, Chaplain, you talked about progress. I think it's so important to uh, record some measure of progress so that we can see how we're doing. And it's not so uh, important, I think, whether you're you're hitting those uh, you know week by week goals or whatever they are, but what is the trend line? So, are you doing the right things? And are, are you trending more towards the goal? Or are you trending away from it? And then based on that, if you're not trending in the uh, magnitude that you want, you can make uh, adjustments as you're going before you get to that that point where <laughs> you know you realize oh this hasn't been working at all. Yeah. And I think finding that time that this is all done in too is key. Like, what's your goal? Like, that's I think you just hit it all right on perfectly. Um, we do have another segment today. I know the transition's probably rough, but we got letters from the Force, which right. has nothing to do with Star Wars Week. Let from the Force, the Force. Okay, bear with me. <laughs> I, I can hear them laughing. They, Very, so, yeah. so we got a question about dehydration, and we talked about it in the caffeine. Letter and we had some studies sent to us from the from the caffeine podcast, and some of the studies do show that caffeine doesn't always cause uh, dehydration in every case. Right, right. So um, I, I think there's uh, something that bears clarification. Uh, caffeine is a diuretic, um, but only really at high amounts. And you know, when you think about the amount of caffeine in a cup of coffee, approximately 100 milligrams, the uh, amount of of water that you have in that cup pretty much balances out uh, the caffeine content in, in terms of uh, diuresis. So um, it's really not going to dehydrate you too, too much, but I still you know, recommend that people keep well hydrated and watch their caffeine levels. Certainly if you're uh, chugging a bunch of energy drinks and if you're, you're topping over 500 milligrams of caffeine a day, um, then you may see some uh, of those effects of dehydration, but um, it's it's perhaps not as big a diuretic as we might have made it out to be. No, no, same, yeah. Now, if you're drinking 18 cans of Mountain Dew, though, we, yeah, could, be, we yeah. could be there. So there are not to mention the calories and the sugar that come with them. Yeah, and there are secondary effects. So we just right. wanted to add that in as a letter. And we'd also like to suggest that if you do have questions or you have some comments or some things or even show topics you want us to do, definitely email us. Look us up in the global address list. You can connect with us on Facebook, however you'd like to. Just give us those suggestions, and we'll look for, look at those uh, for future episodes. So until next time, I'm Jerry Walker. And I'm Chaplain Jim Bridgham. Thank you for everything you do, and have a great week.